Sven, you're back with the breakfast show with Lyle and Mon on Faith FM, welcoming Sven back to the program. Sven, always such a pleasure to have you. We are so stoked that you've stopped back into the station this morning to help us out with our encounter with God. We were having such a good time yesterday discussing our, our encounter with God that Sven just had to come back, didn't you? We kind of didn't finish it. We didn't finish it, so we want to keep going. We Absolutely. Have to keep going. And speaking of keeping going, it is time to keep going with the breakfast Bible quiz. I'm going to give you clue number three for this. Who am I? I attended a marriage festival in Cana. Hmm. Lots of people went to that wedding. Yeah, yeah but not also the same people that Simeon spoke to or that were in the upstairs room after Jesus' ascension. Yes, by the time you put all three yes. of those clues together, it can only be one person. Who is this person? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. And we will give you a copy of Watchman Nee's book, Love Not the World, A Prophetic Calling to Holy Living. Boys. Yes. Okay. We were so, discussing freedom. But before we discuss freedom, yes, I want to talk to Dr. Sven Erstring, who has joined us this morning uh, once again about the Faith and Science Conference oh, that he is putting yes. together. Um, and just ask a few questions about this. We, we made some ads for this, this this morning. We want to see as many people come to this program as, as possible. Uh, Dr. Sven, has this program been run before? Uh, it has. It's been actually run all around the world. Ooh, in wow. terms of there, there's been uh, groups of scientists and theologians and, and academics who've come together. Now, it's um, this group here we've specifically chosen and, and selected for, for Australia. Wow. Uh, so, uh, But, yeah, definitely this, this concept, this, this um, idea has been taken around the world, particularly in the United States and uh, in, in Europe, uh, in in, in Africa, um, lots of different continents all around the world. Is this the first time it's taken place in Australia? No, no we've, we've had faith and science conferences before uh, in Australia, uh, looking at this this interface, the, the relationship between faith and science. Because often scientists and, and even, even people in the community who might be listening right now would have this idea that there's some kind of conflict going on between faith and science, that it's, they're always at war. That it's one or the other. It's one or the other. Yeah. So, so you either believe in, in faith or you believe in science and, and you can't you know, uh, bring them together. And, and that's, uh, that is actually a myth. Um, it's a myth that's been promoted by, by people down through history. And perpetuated uh, through pop culture. We see lots of TV shows that are. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking at here is, is how we can have that relationship, but not in a way which uh, destroys faith. And that's really, really important because we don't want to destroy either of those things. Both of those, both of those things are, uh, you know, incredibly important to what it means to be a human being. Yes, and they can coexist peacefully. They you can. Know, as human beings, we were designed, created to have a relationship with God through faith, and we were designed and created to be inquisitive yes. and to learn and to study, and we we gain meaning by you know studying and. and Learning new things through science. Yeah. And so, so one, one sort of relationship people have said that uh, faith and science could have is, is the conflict one. The other one is the kind of standoff, uh, where, where they are in their own boxes, in their own offices, so to speak. And, uh, you never try and get them to meet because they're, they're just talking about two different things. Um, so that, that's another possible relationship. Or there's a possibility where you look to, um, dialogue and integrate them in a very, uh, responsible, 
and, and faith-inspiring way as as well. So so that's exactly what we're looking at here in the Faith and Science Conference coming up in, in July. We're looking at bringing scientists and theologians together and, and to identify how the world that we see around us was created by God and um, doesn't conflict with what we find in the Bible, which I think is really, really exciting. So you're saying you're going to bring together scientists and theologians. Is it possible to be a scientist and a Christian? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. The interesting thing is that that Isaac Newton was a most influential scientist who ever lived. Yes, in fact, you know they they've had a um, poll. They've asked scientists who they think were the most was the most influential scientist in all of history, and the two ones that come up number top one or two is um, Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein. And so Isaac Newton's way up there. And the interesting thing is, Mon, did you realize that Isaac Newton actually wrote more about biblical topics, Daniel and Revelation and prophecy, than he did about science? How cool is that? Really? Absolutely. Wow, that's incredible. Yes. I wish the uh, I wish the science community would read both of those um, departments. Absolutely. <laughs> he has some excellent Excellent material on, uh, you know, chapters like Daniel 9 and, you know, some of these prophecies. Just That's incredible. Outstanding research. Incredible. And he spent more, uh, uh, the greater part of his life, he dedicated to writing about the Bible yeah. rather than writing about science. And there's another guy, um, John Lennox, Professor John Lennox oh, from yes. Oxford University. Uh-huh. Uh, mathematician, and he's a, he's a really uh, good scientist, mathematician, but he's also Brilliant. a very strong uh, cr- um, Christian as well. And so he's um, been able to, to integrate both of those. So for this conference, we've, we've, got, uh, we've got Professor Leonard Brand. He's coming to us from uh, California, from Loma Linda University. We've got Professor Jacques Ducan, and he's a retired professor from Andrews University. Uh, we've got Arthur Chadwick. He's in, into fossils. So if you're interested in dinosaurs and fossils, um, Art Chadwick is, is your man. Really, really cool guy. Uh, and we've got a whole lot of other really great uh, presenters as well. Uh, I see 13 of them listed here. Yes, uh, professors and PhDs and so forth uh, listed on the um, on the list of yeah speakers. Yes, absolutely. So so there's a full range. So so you can uh, come and you can ask questions. You can get all sorts of these different perspectives. And and these guys uh, will and there's ladies as well. Uh, we we um, as a team of presenters uh, are willing to grapple with the really big difficult questions. Oh, will there be question time? There will be. Yes. Can we can we pose questions from the floor? Uh, pose questions from the floor. Yes. And we're even potentially looking at doing it. Um, online uh, as well so people could post questions from uh, Facebook and, and places Amazing. like that as well uh, so it'll be a really exciting this is going to be riveting it is yes. it's going to be really really good and um, so we want to look at the big questions of life but we also want to say uh, is there reason good reason to, to believe in the Bible uh, that, that God created this world in six days six literal 24 hour days and uh, then he rested on the Sabbath and uh, we've got an amazing team of people who really uh, truly hold on to that that faith it's really amazing that's fantastic i went to had the privilege last year and many of you will remember it had the privilege of attending the creation science super conference that was held up in uh the sunshine coast 
and was able to interview all of the presenters who were there. We'll obviously be doing the same here at uh, at the Faith and Science uh, Conference held here at Avondale. But I just want to say, after having been to the uh, the one in Queensland last year, I would recommend you go to this one. Uh, I would, you know, just wholeheartedly uh, recommend that you go there. Now, we are talking about a little bit late. Uh, we should have been onto this a bit earlier, but today I understand you can still get an early bird rate. Yes, today today's the last date. Okay, so if you go to the website, today's the day to click on that um, register link and definitely go. Right, so to, the to get the early bird rate um, for what is this four days? Uh, it is Tuesday afternoon all the way through to Friday lunchtime. Okay, including food and accommodation. Yes, today only. Will cost you how much? Two hundred fifty dollars if you're going to stay there at Avondale College. That is so that's, cheap. That's food and accommodation. Now I want you to. I want to put this in perspective. The one, that, the last one I went to, cost me like fifteen hundred dollars. Wow, that's incredible. Yes. And the good thing is this, is if you've got friends or family nearby and uh, they can, uh, you can book in with them for free, then the conference is only got, going to cost you $160 today. Today. Okay. Uh, next week, how much is it going to cost? Next week, it's up jumping you. up to $350 for that's accommodation food. That's still dirt cheap. That's I can't believe how cheap that is. any conference. But still, you're saving $100 if you book today. Yes. Okay, so book in today. Yes, that's a, that's the decision to go for. And when is the absolute cutoff point for registration? Like, like early bird ends today, but when does the whole like registration finish? Okay, so so Avondale really need to know uh, by the fifteenth of June. So we, you've got a couple of weeks, couple of weeks uh, to to get that in. Uh, but certainly, don't don't miss out on that um, cheaper early bird rate. That would be really good. Wonderful. Okay. Where do they go to do this registration? Do they call us? Do they call Avondale? Where do they call? So yeah, uh, I I we can put the the link on the uh, fa- um, Faith FM yeah. social media. Yeah. Social media, we can do that, and uh, you can also call uh, the Faith FM uh, studio as well. Uh, but to to quickly uh, give it to you, it's education.adventistchurch.com uh, forward slash faith dash science dash conference forward slash. So that's where you need to go. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Sven, thank you so much for, uh, Dr. Sven Erstring, I should say, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us about the Faith and Science Conference that is coming up, not to be missed under any circumstances. Take the time and be there. You will be be challenged and blessed. It's going to be so thrilling to see a bunch of Christian believers, people who believe in God, who are also intelligent scientists just flexing their PhDs. That's what I said just then yesterday. He's a flexible <laughs> page. I can't wait to see this because I think there needs yeah. to be more of it. More, Absolutely. More people standing up and saying, no, we're Definitely. not stupid. Bring we're not on. blind. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be riveting. Definitely go. Yep. And uh, of course, um, yeah, today you've still got that early bird rate. So book in there. Oh, you know what the best thing about this, the, 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 the Faith and Science Conference is? What's that? Faith FM is going to be there. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how you're going to figure that out. Faith <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, FM will be there. You want to meet the meet at least one of the Faith FM presenters will be there. Um, we haven't decided which one exactly which one yet. We're kind of fighting over that one. Mm-hmm. But we shall see what happens. Anyway, moving on with our encounter with God. Um, we need to, uh, to, to to look here at our Bible study. And yesterday we were talking about addictions, loss of freedom. And this morning our news story was about addiction. Sven, this will, this will 
this will melt your brain if you didn't uh, hear it this morning. Uh, they have recently quantified the addictiveness of a smartphone when given to a child. I saw an, a newspaper article called iBaby. Oh, really? Ooh. And the baby was looking at an iPad. And, and they just were going through yep. the, the uh, effect that screens have on little kids. And wow, it was, it was pretty sobering, pretty challenging. In the UK, they were saying that uh, in three to four-year-olds, average six and a half hours per week online... Wow! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, wrap it's your head around that for staring. a moment. You have kids, don't but you they think? also quantified. They quantified the uh, the addictiveness of giving a smartphone to a child as the equivalent to about one gram of cocaine. That's incredible. Yeah. You shouldn't be giving kids any cocaine. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids should be outside running around, having uh-huh, lots of fun, building trees, things, climbing trees. How old are your kids, Vin? Eight and six. Eight and six. Mm. That's that's awesome. Um, and that's exactly the age that they should be, you know, doing all of those kind of things, right? roaring around outside and uh, and playing. Mm. You know, the art of playing is something's been lost, and not playing as in like computer game playing. No, no, that's not outside playing. Outside playing, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, playing in the mud, yeah, and dirt. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we were talking about addictions, and that was a very interesting uh, story, very, very revealing, I thought, um, in relationship to screens and children. Uh, When you think about it in terms of freedom, the fact that, you know, parents are giving their kids smartphones is actually a way of um, shackling their kids, of like taking away their freedom. Well, if you had a a primary age kid and you gave them a gram of cocaine, you'd go to jail for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. You would go to jail for that. That's child abuse. So, you know, when you when you start to put it in that kind of perspective, it's like, wow. Yeah, but if you if you're an enabler and you're assisting someone else or or you know, I guess not actively trying to help them, then you are you are taking away somebody else's freedom. Yeah, that's right. It's a crazy way to think about it, isn't it? And uh we are enslaving our children. Hmm. Sobering thought. Yeah, but you know, we we ended our uh, we did we did encounter with God yesterday with we this did. idea that faith can bring freedom. Faith brings like freedom. So we talked idea. about we talked Amen. about how we can lose freedom mm. through addictions. Sven, unpack this concept for me a little bit more of faith bringing freedom. So we want to reverse the equation now, and rather than talking about how we lose it, because I think we're all pretty familiar with ways that we can lose our freedom. Sven, how do we gain our freedom back? Because I think as as human beings, we have this um, kind of short-sightedness, if I could put it that way. We kind of look at something, we look at money, we look at um, your iPhone or your iPad, uh, we, we look at um, all of those kind of addictive substances and we think, okay, well, this will bring me true enjoyment in life. And and so we, we kind of go after that, but we find ourselves shackled, as you said, Mon. But the amazing thing is this, is that God knows what we really need. He has the, that bigger picture in mind. And so so when we put our faith in him, when we trust him, he has that big picture in mind. He can he has the power to release us from the things that that uh, we're addicted to or we're enslaved to. And and he can bring us to a place where we truly um, experience life in all its fullness, as Jesus said. And so, so it's like putting our lives and hands into, into the connection with the person who can give us the freedom that we ultimately had. And so that's what I believe 
faith brings freedom. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. Um, I wonder whether uh, let's let's read uh, Romans chapter thirteen and verse fourteen. Very very insightful verse right here. Romans chapter. 13 and verse 14. Let's look over to that one. And whoever gets there first, looks like Ven's going to get that one first. No, Mon, you're already there. Yeah, I've been there for a while. <laughs> Sitting there waiting for us. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Wait, wait. Instead, minute. clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Now, that's interesting. Don't wow. let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Yeah. In other words, control your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Controlling your own mind is a huge step towards overcoming any sort of in, uh, addiction. Let me, let me read it from a, uh, a different translation here. It says, Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes you wear. Wow. It's an interesting wow. way of describing yeah, it. Different. Then you won't try to satisfy your selfish desires. So the key here, what, what, what is the key here? Jesus. Jesus. The key is Jesus. The key mm. is keeping Jesus as close as possible because our selfish desires, they always want to float to the surface. They always want to control us. They always want to, you know, you, you have those mind games that start in your head like, oh, I really want this. And you just start thinking about it and thinking about it and turning it over and over and over and over in your mind until it begins to control you. It's sort of like a spiritual gravity, which kind of just kind of pulls us down. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas Jesus can can lift us up um, and give us that freedom when we when we put him on like clothes. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's go. Let's look at a couple of other uh, verses here. Let's go to. Uh, ooh, let me see. This one's a pretty good one. Let's go to Galatians chapter five and verse twenty-four. Galatians five. And verse 24, Sven, maybe you could read that one for us. Galatians 5. Some some keys here to gaining the victory over addiction. Galatians 5, verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay. um, Do you consider crucifixion to be extreme? It is. Yes. It's excruciating. Yeah. It's extreme. It's excruciating. It is execution. It is death. It's one of the most extreme ways to die. Okay. So if you are in a situation where you find yourself addicted to something, then it's probably going to take extreme intervention to break that addiction. The thing is, if you don't break that addiction, if you don't completely destroy it in, in, within your heart and within your mind, it's going to kind of creep back like weeds. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, I read that passage in uh, Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus says, you know, if your right hand causes you sin, cut it, uh, cut it off and throw it away. That's pretty extreme. That's, That's extreme. very, very that extreme. And, and, and God is not calling us in that passage to mutilate ourselves. But when I read that passage, and somebody pointed this out to me on the weekend, the Bible doesn't just say cut your hand off. The Bible says cut it off and throw it away because you can cut your hand off and sew it back on. But if you cut your hand off and you throw it away and your hand dies, then it's not coming back. And so I think what happens with many of our addictions, we really like our addictions. And so we will, you know... Uh, rather than cutting our hand off and throwing it away, we'll cut one finger off and think that we're going to gain our gain the victory over our addiction by cutting one finger off. Whereas the Bible the Bible describes a radical process to gain victory over these addictions and a radical process by which Jesus comes into our life and kills the old self, kills the person that we used to do. But he only does that if we allow him to. So we have the choice. 
it's our choice. It is 100% our choice. And that's the amazing thing in uh, the, the, the great controversy, the conflict between good and evil, is that at the core, for our sake, shall I put it that way, it's about our freedom of choice. And God values our freedom of choice so much. And that's where I come back to this idea that faith uh, brings freedom because God actually wants to give us freedom. He wants to return our choice um, to us so that we're truly free. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to listen to Chris Rice at this time. And our producer, once again, has come out with the song of the day. This one is called Oh Freedom. You're listening to Faith FM. Oh Freedom. Oh Freedom. Oh Freedom over me. Before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave And go home to my Lord and be free No more weeping, no more weeping No more weeping over me I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave, and go home to my Lord and be free. There will be singing, singing. there will be singing, singing. there will be singing over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave. Listening to Chris Rice with Oh Freedom. Apparently, this guy has a song about Smurfs. 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 Cartoons. <laughs> All right, there you go. I'll have to listen to that one sometime. Anyway, it's lots of fun. It's lots of fun. <laughs> I like fun songs. We like fun songs. Okay, so we're moving on in our Bible study. We were talking about uh, loss of freedom and we spent some time in the last section looking at how we regain that freedom. Freedom through faith. Freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. All freedom centers around Jesus Christ. And so loss of freedom, yes, but regaining that freedom through Jesus Christ. What we're going to do now is we're going to continue on. And the last Bible study in this little series deals with what is probably the ultimate loss that we experience as human beings. What would that be? Loss of life. Loss of life. Well, That's what it's all about. You think there's a bigger loss than loss of life? Loss of eternal life. Ah, okay. But there's still loss of life. There's, yeah, yeah. It's still in the same category. But yeah, I, I take your point. Uh-huh. There are two levels of losing your life, mm. isn't there? Yep. And I know which one I'd rather lose. <laughs> you can lose your... You can, you can die the first death or you can die the first death and the second death. 
if we're going to die, let's just die once. Amen. Yeah. And be resurrected. And be resurrected. Absolutely. All right. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26 is where we're going to start. Um, Mon must be back to you again, I think. First, First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 26. Reads, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Why does the Bible describe death as an enemy? Because it is enemy? Or you yeah. ask me why it's personified? All of the above. I think being poetic to help us to understand, you know, how God sees it. Okay. Yeah. So God sees death as being an enemy. Have either of you guys lost somebody particularly close? Definitely have. Yeah. Uh, kind of, not hugely. Yeah, some people are more fortunate than others in, yep. in, in that yep. respect. I, I lost my mother when I was twelve years old. Oh yeah, that's. Really and when you when you when you lose, who who did you lose, Sven? My grandparents, and I guess that's understandable because they're getting older. Yeah, but um, it's still tough. It's still tough. It's never yeah. easy. It is never easy. And um, yeah, I certainly look forward to seeing them again. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. It's it's never easy, and uh, it's during times. Where you lose someone that is close to you, and I know a lot of uh, um, you know you as as the listener today. I, I know the, most of you have probably been through this experience. The reality is, if you haven't been through this experience, you are going to go through this experience. The other thing, Lyle, I found is that the older you get, the more funerals you start going yes. to. Yeah, I know. Don't you hate that? I when I was when I was Mon's age, I was going to weddings. Now I go to funerals. What's with mm. that? You know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a constant reminder, isn't it? You're getting closer to that loss of life. Yeah. So, uh, and even I was talking to um, one of our colleagues here in the office the other day, and um, he's going up to a funeral on Sunday. There was a uh, a young dad uh, trying out a flying fox. And um, I heard about that story. It didn't go well, and unfortunately, he lost his life. And so, yeah, I I just like to really reach out to to the family. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely, a horrific story, and and something that um, you know, tragedies like that affect people all the time. Let, let's 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 stop for a moment. Let's pray for um, for this family because that's 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 just truly horrific. Father, we pray that you'll be with this family at this time that has. Uh, has lost the life of a of a son, of a husband, of a father, a young man in a tragic accident. Father, we pray that you'll be with them at this time and, and give them your comfort and the promise of the resurrection. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a story right there, a tragic story that I know that family is really, really looking at um, death as an enemy right now. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Um, and, and at times like this, you can see that it would just absolutely highlight the fact that this isn't this is an enemy, mm. and that thankfully, you know, according to the promises of God, this enemy will one day be completely destroyed. Mm. Um, yes, and that's the and that's the promise we've got to look forward to. Let's go to uh, Revelation. Um, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4. Revelation 21 and verse 4. There's a great promise here that I just want to, just want to share with uh, you know, that family and other families today that are going through a very similar situation. Uh, Sven, you got that one for us? Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a it's a great promise and something mm. that we can that we can hang on to. And I think that you know it's promises like this that when we're going through times of bereavement and loss of life, that we actually need to memorize them and quote them to ourselves on a regular occasion. Um, just to remind ourselves that there is coming a time. And I want you to notice the tense of this verse. This is not present tense. This is future tense. Mm. God will do that. Um, there is a time of suffering that we will all go through between now and then. But there is coming a time in the future where it will all come to an end. And the other thing um, is this, is that I, I've been part of funerals for people who have been atheists. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, there's something very, very different for a going to or officiating at an atheist funeral compared to a funeral where the person, the family, believes in Jesus and they're Christian or Seventh-day Adventist um, or and Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, because, you know, the person who's atheist, uh, all you can really, you talk about their life and then you say, you know, their memories will live on. Uh, but you know that, that it's just oblivion in terms of from their perspective mm. from mm. their perspective their their family has no reason for real hope mm. whereas you know as Paul says in first Corinthians 15 um, and and first Thessalonians as well you know when you die in Christ um, you may grieve you you may be terribly terribly sad it is an enemy but the thing is the beautiful thing is this you know that you can and will see that person again Mm. and and so you can have hope in the midst of grief it's incredibly different um and and i would encourage any listener um to put to put your faith in jesus right now uh because this this loss of life this enemy we can face with with courage and hope um, in, with Jesus, mm, mm. yeah, I, I think one of the most um, one of the most challenging funerals I ever did was for a a young man whose father was a devout Christian, and whose mother was a devout atheist, and you know, long term separated, um, and uh, you know, the mother had very specific things that she didn't want in the funeral, and the father had very specific things that he did want in the funeral, as you can understand, and mm. just incredibly challenging. Um, and we just thank God that you know, as 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 Christians, we have the hope of the resurrection. Let's go over to um, let's go to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and uh, we need to read this passage because it is just so powerful and so relevant to what we're dealing with right now. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, and uh, Mon, I wonder whether you could start for us in verse fifty-one, please, and just read on down through there. That's an amazing passage. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will be also transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Yeah, there's just an amazing passage right there, isn't it? Yes, Mm. it's beautiful. You know, death has a sting to it right now, but once it has been swallowed up in victory, as the Bible says, when Jesus returns, it will be, um, that sting will be gone forever. And uh, just finished with Something to look forward to Right now this is Jaden Lavik With the song I Surrender All 
to Jesus I surrender Lord I give myself to to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? Ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith? Or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief in evolution? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843.
searching for you. Come home, dear child. Where are you? Back to Faith FM. That was a beautiful song. Uh, Gregor Play, not my. Oh no, Gregor Play is coming up next. My bad. Uh, but for now, that was Carly Fletcher. Oh, was it? It's beautiful. That's what. That's right. I was like, hey, it doesn't sound at all like Gregor Play. <laughs> uh, that was Carly Fletcher. Um, we had her on the show just recently, actually. But I'm going to give you another clue for our quiz, Lyle. Okay. I'm in fact, I'm going to hit you with 
two of them because I'm feeling nice about it. Okay, who am I? Elizabeth said to me, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. And the last clue I'm going to give you, which is also a double-barreled clue, my husband is Joseph and I am the mother of Jesus. Come on, that's really easy. Everyone knows the answer to this one. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Call quick because everyone knows the answer now. Get a copy of Love Not the World, uh, a prize just for you for free. Um, and before we get to the question of the day, I just want to mention one of our listeners that has been busily texting in in relationship to our section on addiction, uh, mentioning that work and money is another addiction, and indeed it is. People get addicted to both of those things. Um, also, First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, he wanted to include that one. Uh, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Great passage shared with us there by one of our listeners this morning. Question of the day, Mon. Yes, cue the day a little bit controversial, Lyle. I hope you don't get yourself in trouble here. I'm sure I will. Should we call priests father? No. You and these quick answers. Yeah, I know. That was a pretty full-on answer, isn't it? Okay, so obviously, um, here's what the, let me read what the well, Bible why? says. Let me read yeah, what the Bible on. says. Matthew 23 and verse 9, the Bible says, And call no man your father on earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Now, clearly the Bible is not speaking here in a literal sense and saying that you can't call your dad father. The Bible is speaking in a spiritual sense, and the Bible says in a spiritual sense that you should never ever give the title of God, you know, because God spiritually is our Father, you should never give the title of God to a human being. So how in the world do we get so mixed up? Because we do that all the time now. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things about Christians and Christianity and humans and human nature. Is that we clear. just tend to? We just tend. I know we have. You, tend to do the exact opposite. We tend to, why is it that we, as Christians and as human beings, tend to do the exact opposite of what we know we should be doing? It, are people just not reading their Bibles? Is that the problem? Part of that, that that's a very large part of the problem. But um, I find it interesting because you know you find you find this particularly prevalent in uh, some of your older Christian churches, like say, for instance, the Catholic Church, some of the more traditional ones. And some of you will remember um, Pope John Paul. Uh, the second, so um, yeah, that was a few years back when he was around. But he made it; he actually addressed this specific verse because obviously, you know, everybody's called him father and calls all the priests father, and he's like, "Well, this is a title that belongs to God alone." So he tried to eradicate it. Well, no, he says, "Have no fear when people call me the vicar of Christ when they say to me, Holy Father, or Your Holiness.'" He said, "Christ Himself declared, call no one on earth your father.'" You have but one Father in heaven. One must, must not be afraid of these words. Wow. So that's a pretty heavy wow. statement. I'm sort of thinking, okay, um, uh, Pope John Paul, what is it exactly you are trying to say right here? Are you, are you claiming to be God by saying this? Because you are saying you are not allowed to call anyone but God your Father, so don't be scared of calling me your Father. Doesn't that make so, it... So yeah, I, knew, I, I told you this one would be controversial, but hey. Doesn't that make it blasphemy? According to the Bible, claiming to be God is uh, is is a, one of, one of the ways that the person can commit blasphemy. But calling but it's something else that, God, okay, but it's something as as Christians we need to be aware of. Um, the Bible says that our Father in heaven, from a spiritual perspective, is the only person that we can call our spiritual Father. Um, anyone here on this earth, we can give them lots of other great titles, and uh, 
you know, I, I meet priests all the time, and I call him pastor. I think that's a you know that's a biblical term right there. Nobody's going to be offended by it, and I've never found a priest yet who has been offended by being addressed as pastor. So there's a great t- t- title or term that you can use that will be offensive to nobody and won't be offensive to God. I met one yesterday. I said, "G'day, mate," but it worked out fine. Yeah. Thanks for the Christian today, Lyle. I think, I think most I think most priests like to be called mate these days. Yeah, yeah, amen. If you have a question, give us a call. Our number here is one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. We love fielding your questions and answer them live on air. Stay tuned. This is to- Chris Tomlin.
That was Chris Tomlin with Good Good Father. We have come to the end of our show. Yes, it's time to give some stuff away. Pretty excited about this one. We've been talking about all kinds of addiction uh, this morning, Lyle, and the book that I'm giving away is called Made to Crave. And it's all about satisfying your deepest desire with God and not with stuff or food or this kind of thing. So this was written so it's all by, about how to have a God addiction then. Yes, indeed. This was written by Lisa. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I just know it. Turkhurst, um, who is a best-selling author um, and she herself has had her own journey through uh, in food addiction. Um, so, you know, she shares what she's learned and, uh, and shares about how Jesus can be the cure to all addiction, basically. So made to crave, strengthen, uh, satisfy your deepest desire with God, uh, not with everything else. Um, you can get a copy of that completely for free right now, right here. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Uh, first person to call through will get that freebie. And don't forget that today is the last day to get the early bird registration for the Faith and Science Conference, which takes place July 16 to 19, 2019 at uh, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. You can get food and accommodation for four days for just $250. Today only, tomorrow it will cost you uh, $350. But uh, yeah, get in now. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number if you'd like to get more information or just simply Google Faith and Science Conference. That's how I found it and it came straight up right there um, in my uh, in my search engine and I was able to uh, find the registration button right there on the page. Amazing presentations by 13 professors and doctors um, at the top of their profession from around the world. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the lovely Sabbath that's coming in tonight. We, of course, will be away for the weekend, as per usual. Wow. And uh, we'll be back on Monday morning, bright and early, bright and sparky, in the month of June. Uh, so you please have a grateful weekend and tell us all about it come Monday morning. to us.